I'm Jared Waitley. Here's a snapshot of Monday, November 6. I had a few thoughts toward England after Australia ended their World Cup campaign. I've tipped my hand, really, haven't I? A, a graceless bunch of pillocks. England's cricketers. There was a lot loaded into that weekend of sports. But I reckon you could have got the $16,000 quaddie at Flemington, had a week's pay on the Japanese and the Golden Eagle, been a Swans fan that saw the big finish to claim last place in the AFLW finals, and an Indian cricket fan devoted to Virat Kohli who celebrated his birthday with a century, and the highlight was still indisputable. Mitch Stark's first ball to Johnny Bairstow on Saturday night. Mitchell Stark with ball in hand and Johnny Bester faces the first delivery. Down leg side and there's a big appeal. It's been given. Strangled down leg side Johnny Bester. Horror start for England. The worst of possible starts for England. Bester goes for a first ball duck. England not for one. Yeah, even though Johnny Bester's English, I do feel sorry for him. That's such a stiff way to get out. <laughs> God bless Watto, but nah. Nah. Keep walking, Johnny. How utterly perfect. A golden duck. And by night's end, Australia had finished off England's hopeless World Cup defence. At a time when the Poms should have been hiding in the corner through sheer embarrassment, they were still boasting of their superiority. Egos completely out of check. Man for man, the better team. Have you ever heard such nonsense? They enshrined Basball into the Collins Dictionary last week. A style of test cricket in which the batting side attempts to gain the initiative by playing in a highly aggressive manner. Oh, so terribly British. It's so vanilla and actually misses the essence of it. It entirely misses the permanent state of delusion, the cult-like devotion and the appalling arrogance to see the world as you want it to be rather than how it is. There was a moment early in the commentary on Saturday night when Mike Atherton pondered whether the residue of the ashes carried into this World Cup match? Surely a rhetorical question. He chided Aaron Finch about the whinging over the ball change in the final test. Well, what's that old saying about a log in your own eye? Aaron Finch shut him down simply by stating the ashes are where they should be. It was one of Finch's most beautifully timed dispatches. The more we encounter this English side, the more they remind me of the big kid in your street. If you want a game of cricket in your neighbourhood, you have to go and play in his driveway. But he always insists on batting, and he's never out. When you get one through onto his legs, there's no LB. When he nicks one onto the garage door, there's no automatic wiki. And when you finally do get him out, well, that's the end of the game. He's headed inside to go and play guitar. Australia had a very unbalanced team on Saturday night in the absence of Glenn Maxwell and Mitch Marsh, yet still prevailed over the pound-for-pound champions. The sense of satisfaction, I imagine, was far-reaching from the team and for all of us watching at home. Australia is semi-finals bound. England sits last with one win from seven games, still below the Netherlands and Bangladesh. Maybe they'll write another book about it and read it while drinking their own bathwater. Man for man, I'd have this team every day over the Australians. Man for man, I'd have this team every day over the Australians. Oh, cry me a river, England. And you shared your thoughts as snap judgments. Morning, Jared, And uh, I've followed you for a long time, Melissa, for a long time. 
and that has to be your most entertaining introduction, including the pre-intro with Derm and Cornsy earlier. That has to be one of the most entertaining. I think the only quote you missed was Stark uh, saying that, um, yes, we did okay, but England had the moral victory. He threw that in in a quote after the game. But I've got to say, I've got to say, Jared, I've always uh, imagined you or, or visioned you as the Iceman in terms of emotional intelligence. Today you showed you're clearly a maverick. <laughs> Pete, <laughs> I don't think anyone else would think I was ever maverick, but I appreciate the sentiment. Man for man, I'd have this team every day over the Australians. We might not have played as well as we can do, but we know when we play our best stuff, the best teams struggle to compete with us. Joe Root. Last. They're last. Nicole is in Box Hill. Hello to you, Nicole. Good morning, Jared. And I absolutely agree with that other caller. That is the best way to start a Monday holiday for me. And yes, I loved every minute of those Mitch um, Stark, that first ball and his whole over, because the smile on his face was like, that's why we retained the ashes. <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. So, and I do feel sad for Joe Root. Like he's trying all the time, but they just don't want to join him. <laughs> yes, I, I I enjoyed the Joe Root when he was more a miserable old sod getting whacked on these shores than with that. Uh, Nicole, thank you. Sue's in Melbourne. Hello to you, Sue. Yeah, hello, Jared. Just two quick things, if I can. I rang you a little bit earlier in the year when uh, Australia won the Ashes or retained them. Well, who cares? We've got them. That's right. And I, and I did mention that uh, we can't say God was an Australian, but I tell you what, watching that first ball, I have a feeling he's getting closer and closer on our side. <laughs> and also, I love it when Joe Root's trying and Bairstow's trying. And all we can sit there and say, yes, the whole lot of you are very trying. <laughs> very nice, Sue. <laughs> very nice. Uh, thank you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Keep on walking, Johnny, except he didn't, and neither did Joe Root. You need to be very careful if you're going to take the moral high ground. Absolute bunch of pillocks. That's from Jake. Self-entitled is the modern way. The Poms and the Melbourne Football Club. The absolute beauty of Bairstow's dismissal was him stretching his bat out to make his ground in case the keeper threw the stumps down just as the umpire raises his finger. Keep on walking, Johnny. Keep on walking, Bretto in Beaky. Uh, Margaret's in Sunbury. Hello to you, Margaret. Jared, I cannot believe my luck. I believe in fairy tales now. I, he's walking out to the crease, and I thought to myself, oh, I hope this creep doesn't make too many today. And the next thing he's walking back, it's one he didn't hear me screaming at SEN. <laughs> I was over the moon, yeah, over yeah. the moon. On your bike, I'm calling out, on your bike. So good. <laughs> so good, Jared, yeah. wasn't it? They, they had a good win and, uh, you know what, I think, they'll give, I think they'll give this World Cup a bit of a shake. There you go. Margaret, thank you. Trent Copeland, narrow down the Smith or Manus debate. Yeah, I, we spoke... You know, a week ago, Jared, about that exact discussion, and I lent on the trust factor that the coach and captain would have in someone like Steve Smith in the big moments, particularly in the subcontinent, the type of player he is. Now, Smith scored 40-odd in this game as well, so it's not like it's a, 
you know, Smith's way out of nick and he's not aiming up. So I still, push comes to shove, right now, today, I'm picking Steve Smith. But it's with a, you know, tip of the cap to Manus to say, you have done everything you possibly can, other than go on and make that 100 in the last game, uh, where it might have been a different discussion where you can't really knock back someone who scored the 100. So, look, I'm with you. It's going to be a tough one. I also think there's some discussion to be had around the all-rounders on what's our best team. Is it Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis and Cameron Green in the lineup, Or is it one of them? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, and that's, I guess, the secondary discussion to the Smith and Labuschagne one. Robert Craddock gave a nod to Virat Kohli after his 49th ODI century. Oh, it really was. And didn't he speak well? The, I, I love when Kohli pours his heart out because he's quite articulate. Sashin since has tweeted, look, it took me 365 days to go from 49 to, to, to 50. I hope that um, you you go there in, in, in a week. But... <laughs> Having said that, it, it, yeah, they're interesting comparisons. And, and I, everyone says, oh, hang on, Virat got there so much quicker than Sashin, more than 100 innings quicker. But you must remember, Jared, Sashin came through when the Indian cricket team was not the powerhouse it was today, when he was this 18, 19-year-old kid trying to hold everything together and they were just getting moving in the 1990s and, and, and you know, taking shape, but still getting belted overseas. Like, he was, it was a far different, op- it's sort of like comparing Alan Border to someone today. Like, he, he was, he, he had a far tougher sort of career, Tendulka. So, I, I love the way the players still defer to him. It, yes. It's really nice. Victoria Derby winning owner and breeder, Debbie Kapitas, shared the joy of Riff Rockets' win. Uh, look, I wasn't sure. Um, when you always think at Flemington, the inside, um, you know, there's always a, a, a lean towards it. Um, so you just want to see the actual photo. Um, and it was a relief when it was us. Very disappointing for the second horse. You know, we feel for them. We've been in that situation. Um, and, you know, there's always only one winner generally. So um, we were lucky we came out on top. Why is this special to you, Deb, with the with the breeding aspect of Riff Rocket as well? Oh, so, <laughs> uh, breeding's a really long game. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, like I've, I was fortunate. My dad and Jack had the wonderful woodlands and crown racing. So we'd been a part of, of the, the fun of that for a long time. But to actually have seen this little boy as a baby and, and now, you know, he's, he's grown up and took him a while to mature, but he did. And, uh, well, he's still maturing, actually. Um, so it, 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 it's just so special to, to have that moment. And the racing means test zeroed in on the Melbourne Cup. Big race integrity. So the modern Melbourne Cup, 20 of the 24 runners tomorrow started their careers outside Australia. Um, if you... You want to have a cup runner? You've got to find a way to buy into something from offshore. That that's that's where we find ourselves. The race reinvents itself, and that's where it is in the modern era. John O'Neill, you've played a big role in this. What what sort of cup have we got assembled tomorrow? Well, I think the challenge um, in all of these races, Jerry, and it probably goes without saying, you really want to look for the horses that are definitely going to stay. But horses are going to be in reasonably good form too. And just looking at the overall race, there's probably four horses that can win the race, and then there's probably five or six that can sort of fight out 
some placings, and that's about it. The rest are going to be beaten a fair way um, based on current form, based on track conditions. You've got a lot of international horses, as you said. There's 20 of the 24 that started their career over there. Most of those horses that started their career over there would have been running on what we would classify as softer to heavier style tracks with their form. We see that with uh, with the favourite as well. Like his best form is definitely on affected ground. Um, so look, I think I think across the across the board, Gold Trip with a weight, I, I personally don't think can win. I don't think without a final stay. I think break up Japanese blood, uh, rock hard tracks. Drawn a shitty gate, but it'll push forward anyway, as they always do. Vorban's obviously the the key, but I'm concerned about the hard track and the warm day. Solcom, if we can get his barrier manners right with the blinkers off, is definitely a live chance. Loves rock hard. Uh, and then you start to go through Ash Run, who hasn't had a run for two and a half years. He'll definitely stay. He'll definitely be there. There's no doubt about that. Um, and really, uh, future history, it's over. I don't really know. I've got nothing else to... Say so, you know. We're we're really hoping Sulcum can run well, and I would imagine the Japanese horse potentially absurd. But you know, it's fair to say that Vorban's Vorban's got it covered by seven or eight, ten lengths, Jared. So, so the curiosity of yesterday is after the barrier draw, Vorban was three twenty, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to think, oh, he's going to get into so you think territory. He's going to run two eighty, yeah. and then yesterday, absurd. The stable mates thirty four dollars into twelve dollars, and Vauban's out to actually just a proper Melbourne Cup price now at about four forty. He'll start between five and six, or between four and six somewhere, Vauban, depending on how he parades. If he gets hot in the yard, he'll drift out. If he parades nice and calm, he'll probably stay around that four dollar quote. I think he's the horse to beat. I think Vauban from without a fight, absurd for third, gold trip for fourth, break up not far off them, and I think right you are is the best ruffy. Sulcum will be out the back. Sorry, Johnny. No, nope, you're wrong. Sulcum wins. Oh, used to the love affair, the unlikely. Nothing to do with co- him. Yes. Don't care. Sulcum wins. You do care about me, Wayne. But, <laughs> but in this, no, in this like, instance, I don't care. Like, but I don't have a runner, so I just think Sulcum blinkers off and he jumps. This time last year, we sat here and we went, White Marlin Sulcum, holy Toledo. We found the two greatest stayers we've seen since the last greatest stayer. Sulcum will run the trip. Where's the Simple party? Simple as that. Where's the party? Osborne, of course. The Osborne, yeah. of course yeah. it is. Only for people that selected in the first five. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I yeah, don't baby. think you. I don't think you. You'll be in the queue outside, <laughs> yeah, mate. That's where yeah. you'll be. I, I, I like that a lot. You're straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're straight in, Jared. Don't worry. You're oh, VIP. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just you too. Rearranging yeah. my top five now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Imagine Jared <laughs> at the Osborne. Benny Allen. Here's your drink card, can Jared. We, can, we, can we get some security there, though? They might want to punch yeah. me. All right, something for the battlers coming up next. We still have to explain <laughs> the concept of this to Wayne. We'll see what? if we can drill it in huh? next. Hmm? And that's just a snapshot. The full program and all interviews are available through the Waitley podcast. Subscribe at sen.com.au.